group too and um <laughs> really oh my god, oh my god. at least four ti- four separate times i've i've yeah hi lady i've been like hey lady listeners who's ready for the party tonight i'm just really trying to get it into the the narrative i'm just trying to weave it in <laughs> yeah oh i wanted to say i hope everybody liked the way we sounded on monday because we are all all three of us are finally officially in our recording spaces, like between Mel, like alternating locations and me moving and getting stuff set up that we are both finally in our spot. Tess is still in her same spot. I think not, not in the basement. I literally so don't move spiders. between episodes. I just sit here <laughs> <laughs> waiting for the next thing to happen. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's Leah, true. you just moved into your new house. Do you want to tell us about it? Do you have a, do you have an office? I want to hear about your office. Mostly. I do. Oh my God. Listen, this office is amazing. So we, so I've said before, this has been a long process. Uh, we bought this house two years and a month ago. So it was the very first of December that we bought it two years ago. And it was built in 1929. It's this gorgeous, like, Tudor-style, beautiful house. And there was an old man that lived here. He was here, like, 40 years, I think, he lived here. And the first time we saw it, I was shocked. Because, number one, everything was yellow or orange. The walls, (laughs) the the ceilings, the baseboards, the trim, everything was big bird yellow. Big bird yellow and sunburst orange. Even outside on the house. Outside the house. We called it the McDonald house because it was a brick tutor, but he had painted big bird yellow, the trim, and all the doors and all like the porch on the wood ceiling. All of it was yellow. It was just, that was shocking. And the other thing that shocked me was that he had nothing here. He had been in this house 40 years. There was not anything in the closets, nothing in the basement, the attic. This man had a chair with a microwave on it in his kitchen. That was it. Like, he had nothing in this house. He was such a minimalist. Like, it was the craziest shit I'd or ever he, seen. Or he read the Marie Kondo book. Yes. <laughs> Take it to extreme. Nothing brought him joy. Not one <laughs> thing Nothing brings him joy. Get it all out of here. Get it out. Throw this shit Except away. Except the microwave. And it was really cool. I mean, I don't want to, like, go on. microwave in his chair. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go on for like an hour about this house, though I could, but I will say like when we, when we first saw it, it was three beds, uh, two baths, and it was one story, and there was a set of stairs that went up to an attic in a closet. You could walk through the closet and go upstairs, and the attic was, had nine foot ceilings, and it was the entire square footage of downstairs, and so it was completely empty, and we were like, we could make this a second floor. And then that's what sparked it. So we ended up taking out a bedroom downstairs off of the kitchen and and blowing that out. And so we made like this big like kitchen family room area. And then upstairs we added three bedrooms and two full bathrooms. And then like, so it's, it ended up being a really huge house. Like once we were finished with it, but we just restoring it. I mean, it took, I mean, obviously like we had to get an architect and a structural engineer and it was like such a feat, but being in it now, I mean, this house, like, just, it's, I don't know, this sounds silly, but the spirit in this house is so warm, and it's so nice, and every time I walk in, it's like, I just feel so much love, like, there was so much love in this house before us, and now, like, it's just, like, it does, like, it's so crazy to say that, and it's weird, too, because in my office, especially, I feel it there. So, there was a bookshelf that was there originally that was built into the wall. We had to take it out and, and redo it because part of it was breaking, and when I did, I actually took it out myself with a sledgehammer. <laughs> when I did, there was a part of the wall that came off. Behind it, there was a picture of um <gasps> like three, there was like three little kids. There was like a flower and some like coins stacked up. And so I got him out and I looked at him and then I just like kind of like neatly put them back and then we sealed it up in the wall again. Oh so my gosh. Cool. Yeah. And so we actually took pennies of our own and we put them in there too from like the dates we were born. And so we, 
Yeah, and so we, like, put that in the wall with it just to kind of, like, join the family that was here. There was some really cool stuff we found, too, in the in the house, like, in the attic and stuff. There was, like, some really old uh, magazines from, like, the 20s. Like, old, like, I found this old little gold uh, shoe that was really cool, too. It was, like, this, like, 1920s, like... It, like a it just bronze looked... baby shoe? Yeah. No, no, no. It was, like, a like a woman's shoe, but it was really small. Like, maybe, like, a size 5. A heroine! Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And it's, like, uh, I'll have to take a picture of it. It's a beautiful shoe. It looks like, it looks like something your great-great-grandmother would have worn. Like, a little heel, kind of like a Mary Jane style. It's super cute, but it was really old. And, like, we found, like, a kid's, like, little wooden gun. And then, like, a bank note. Like, somebody had made a check deposit from, like, 1930. You know, it's just a lot of neat, like, the house just revealed so much to us when we did it. And it's, like, I mean, it's been a really stressful, hard process, but it's also been, like, these really, you know, amazing moments that we've had during it. And, like, where my office is now, it's on the corner of the house, and it faces um, south, and you get, like, this beautiful sunrise and sunset, and it's across the street from an Episcopal church that they play bells at noon every day. So it plays, mm. like, this, like, chimes and stuff, so I can sit in my office and I hear the, like, it's just, like, it's an amazing space. Like, we got really, really lucky. It's like, my house is filled with love. I'm like, mine's filled with people screaming at Fortnite. <laughs> that's mine, too, but that's in the back of the house. We, we bought the first house we looked at, and I felt the same thing no when I walked shit. into it. Yeah, no, we moved from Brooklyn to Long Island, and when the, yeah. this was the first house we walked in. And I don't know, I, I felt the same way. And then I come to find out that it like only one family had lived in this house from the time it was built until the time we bought it. It had changed hands between family members, like one family had yeah. moved out and like their extended family had taken it over. Yeah. But yeah, from the time it was built, it was all one family. And that's um, how ours is. That's cool. I, I could feel that nothing, yeah. there was just so much positivity in the house that I was like, I, I don't want to look that. anymore. I just want to stay yeah. here. <laughs> Yeah. But you, you, I think you can tell. And, and like when you walk in, like you feel an energy. And it was like that. I mean, obviously the colors were very shocking when we went in. There was just, there, there was love written on the walls, you know, and it, it was there for you to, to feel. And so like, it was kind of the same with us. Like, I think even though this house was built in the 20s, we were only the fourth person to ever own it because it was the same way. The people that built it lived in it. Their daughter lived in it. Until she passed away, and then it sold to, to to two other people. So I mean, we're the fourth owner, like to live in this house, which is insane for a house that's almost a hundred years old. So. That is crazy. Yeah. Awesome, Mel. If you had an yeah. office, what would be in it? What would be your dream office? Oh, she has an office. I have an office. It's, pa- it's painted pink. <laughs> Yeah, sparkly. She has. And... Oh, you've got like fancy shoes everywhere. It is oh like, yeah, so you know, like, people, like I want pictures. I, I want it. pictures. You know, how people like yeah. decorate with paintings and stuff. I do have one painting in there, but I have I decorate with like my shoes. So whenever I buy a really nice pair of shoes, I like stack them or a nice purse. So that's like my art that sets on tables. Yeah, <laughs> it's really cute, actually. Do you so have like have a Do you have like a Red Bull fountain that just like shoots Red Bull out <laughs> twenty four hours a day? <laughs> no, like all my furniture is like silver, and I have double doors that are glass that you can see through. And then I have a monitor that sets on one wall, and it, it has the cameras throughout the house. Like you can see into the living room and all of the outside and the pool and stuff, so I can watch the kids from my office. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I like that. It's, I gotta real, it's like fancy ugly. shit. No, it's not. Tell us about your office, Tessa. No, it's really like it's just like a jail cell. It's got you know no, like it's not. you have your treadmill. You have, have your tr- treadmill in there. I have a treadmill, so I never have to leave. I just go straight. So why from don't the you redo it? You know it's a I know, tax write off. I, I think I might redo <laughs> I it. Yeah. You get to write it all off for taxes if you redo your office. Oh, one of the um, I was gonna say, what's the painting you have on your wall in your office, Mel? Because I know you have. Do you have the heart that I gave you? Did you ever put that? Up, I can't, the light up the cord is too short and my dad has yeah. talked about fixing it for me but i never bring it up but it's in my office it yeah. sets in the corner it just sets on the ground it's one of those like hollywood like signs that says love on it lights it's like bulb lights it's really cute i, I have, found it at, oh go ahead sorry no i was just gonna, i found it at like this antique store and i saw it and it was like so cute because it was like bright pink and all these different colors and stuff and it's like this metal sign that has love written in lights and I was like, oh, my God, that looks just like Mel. And then I have one painting that I got. I went to go spend the weekend with Jen Frederick out at her house. And she took me to this 
fancy furniture store and I bought I've never like been walking through somewhere and seen a piece of art and was like oh, I want that and I did that there and it's like I'm gonna show it to you you're like that's so basic I'll take a picture no, of it all it is it. is it's white and it's like looks like these lines and it's all glitter it's really it's pretty. Alexa Riley art it really yes, is it's definitely your office is so nice like I feel like your office is definitely a reflection of you because it's just, it's soft and sweet and pretty and everything's new. And like, you've got all these like, like furniture that's silver and mirrors and everything. Like, it's just, it's all nice and new. It's, it's really pretty. But a little bit cluttered. And then I'll clean it up every now and then and it's cluttered (laughs) again. I have this painting that I can't wait to hang in mind. We got it. Well, do you remember the one I got when we were in Madrid? You remember the one I sent you the picture of with the library? It's called The Librarian. Um, Kevin and I went there um, last summer and uh, we were walking down the street and it just, it was like 11 o'clock at night. We were on the way to eat dinner at 11 o'clock and he looks over and he's like, holy shit, that's you. And he sees inside this store across the street from us, there is a painting of a woman. She's nude and it's from the back of her. And she has a, she has like blonde hair and a messy bun and she's completely nude and she's leaning over and she's has a row of books in front of her. She's looking through a bookshelf. Oh my and gosh. It's, and it's gorgeous. And she's like all these different colors. Like it's very, um, it's kind of like Warhol where it's like all these bright colors and stuff. Like Kevin was like that. We have to get this. That's you. And so like uh, this guy was from Croatia and didn't speak much English and we didn't speak, you know, we were in Spain and Kevin spoke Spanish, but like it was a really hard transaction, but we ended up, he uh, took it off the frame and rolled it up and put it in a tube and get, and we bought it and we were like, now what? So we had to like come, when we came back home, we had to find somebody to like frame it and stuff for us. So it's really cool. Like I've got it framed and so... I can't wait to hang that up. So that's going to be really cool. I want to see a picture of that. And yeah. I want to see a picture of, of Mel's office, please. Okay. We'll, well post them in headquarters. Like when I'm taking pictures of some stuff, I always set it on one of my tables. What do you so, mean? Like I took a picture of Ella Fox's books last week that she sent me, which thank you. I love them. She's going to oh, be on yeah, the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, you mean in headquarters? You post, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll post it in there. We'll post the the pictures up in the group. And Read Me Romance headquarters. I don't know if you know yes. if we said that this was the Read Me Romance podcast when we started the, today, but... <laughs> nah, we're like 15 minutes in You guys know where you are. Okay. Um, so we're here for the final installment of Susan Stoker's uh, book, Securing Brene. And this yes! book has... Yeah. It's like, we're here. We're, we're at the climax. I'm pretty sure I'm that... I'm so excited. It's about to go down or it's in the middle of going down. Do you remember the first time you met Susan Stoker? Do you, do you guys remember... Because I can't remember. Yeah, I met her at Wicked Book Weekend, like, probably three or four years ago. I just love her energy, actually. She's, like, really casual and down to earth. And, like, she'll just start talking to you like you've been having a conversation for 20 minutes. Yeah, that's what I was going to say the same thing. Like, I I can't remember the first time I met her because I feel like I've always known her. (laughs) Like, every time I see her, she's just like... Hey, did it? And like, it's like she's in a sentence already. I'm like, yeah, yeah, me too. She's already. You guys have already been talking for an hour. Is like where uh-huh. she comes but in. But she makes it really <laughs> yeah. easy because I'm like an introvert and I don't start conversations. But she just goes, and you're like, oh, uh-huh. all right. And you oh, say, okay. <laughs> and I feel like she's I'm always here. putting on chapstick. I feel like I don't know if I made that up or if, <laughs> if like she's always taking out a chapstick and like putting it on while she's talking and then putting it back in her pa- back pocket. Well, and I feel like maybe she volunteered for something, like, for at RT or something like that. She was doing something one of the times, the first times I met her, and she had on a shirt, and she was talking to me about something. I was like, this reader is awesome. <laughs> and then I was like, that's Susan Stoker? Like, I remember, like, it took me a while before I realized it, because uh, I'd seen her at, like, a couple of events and stuff, but it wasn't, like, at an author table. I don't know, for whatever reason, maybe she was just there as a reader. I've done that plenty You know of times, what? Now that I think but, about it, it's that she moves fast, too. Like, when she yeah. Yes. goes up and down the signing yep. tables, like, before it opens. And she's like, hey, da 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 And hey, she just keeps this. on, like, talking to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yep, definitely. Yeah, cool. Like, toss she is like her the books human, at your table. <laughs> she's, she's like, like human equivalent of her website. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, oh exactly. 
Like, she was meant to marry somebody in the military. Like, she was either, either they rubbed off on each other or she was destined to do this for whatever reason, but it works for her. Yeah. So, yeah. This heroine in this book, she's, she's an older lady. I want to say she's, like, late 40s, early 50s. And what I loved about her was that she kind of, like, acknowledged that her body had aged and she was like still really positive about it and her husband was so positive about it and it's like it just made me feel happy I don't know it was like Mm -hmm. he I always love when the heroes are like when they get so they're like my stretch marks they're like that's from the baby you gave me I'm like I love that uh huh yeah just like how could you hate us that's how our baby came from there and we made that and you're like this is the sweetest thing ever uh huh (laughs) Or it's just like, you know, they've gotten, you know, I've said this before, too, when we've talked, you know, to my husband, you know, and I've gained weight since we've been together, obviously. And I and I sometimes wondered, like, if he had blinders on, like, do you still, and I've asked him this before, I said, do you still see me as when we met? Do you remember that, Mel? We, we had this guy. Yeah. Because my friend, Kristen, and me, me and her have been kind of like, just trying to be healthier because we gained a lot of weight. She's my best friend since like kindergarten. She actually showed me a picture. She's like, this is where I was and this is where I am. And she showed me the picture and I was like, that is not you. And she said, I showed it to my husband. And he said, he looked at it and he goes, I can't remember you being that big. I mean, you show me this picture, but this doesn't feel real to me. This picture feels fake to me. Yeah. I don't think they see it. Yeah. And I wonder too, like, I mean, my husband, when we met, like I had strawberry blonde hair and he, like, he still sees, like, sometimes he'll still think of me, like, he'll say something casual about me being a redhead. And I'm like, I haven't been a redhead in 13 <laughs> years, okay? Like, I was going through a phase, all right? But, like, but it's funny, too, that I think sometimes, like, that's how he sees me. And so, like, I, but in a way, I love that as well, because it's like, you know, there's no change between, you know, when we met and now, and the change that is there we've made together so it's like you know if if my body's changed or the way I look or you know my face or whatever it is it's like you know I'll I'll look at him and I think the same thing like those are lines that you know like if he's got lines around his eyes or whatever like those are things that you know we did together you know that makes me just it makes me love those things because when I look at that I see the years and you know the the time that we've had. Yeah. Another thing I watched this, uh, another thing I watched this week that had really positive body image, like storyline was Dumplin' on Netflix. Have you guys watched that? No, but that's so, it looks like Dolly Parton produced, is she produced that or is that her thing? Like, I don't, really I don't know think she is. produced it, but she did like a lot to promote the movie and support it because it's uh-huh. like a, ma- she's a main theme of like her, you know, yeah. like her dollyisms and her music are like a main baseline of the movie. Yeah, it's well, Dolly about, it's, Parton's a saint, so she's I mean, saint. I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. She is a saint. She so this is it's like based on a book written by Julie Murphy, and it's on Netflix. And I just I for some reason I was like I know I'm gonna cry for some reason Jennifer Aniston <laughs> makes me cry whenever she's in a movie. I'm like look at her go. I just like. <laughs> <laughs> Everything she does makes me so, like, emotional. I'm like, she really is America's sweetheart. She really is. And this was no exception. I really, like, it was really cute and really positive. And I I encourage everybody to watch it because I really, I really liked it. And there's romance I've heard in it, such so. good things. Like, and the, this is, a, a, I have a hard time with this, too. When so many people tell me I'm going to love something, I, know. I do it. Why? Why? That's why, why I held I off. That? I know. Yes. I'm like, oh, I'm going to love that. Yeah, I know. Like, uh, what else? Why do I not watch things that I know I'm going to love? I know. What when everybody that? was going through that, like, the, the everybody was telling us to watch The Kissing Booth, right? The movie The Kissing Booth on Netflix. Yeah. Which is adorable. But, like, everybody was freaking about it for, like, a month. And I was like, I'm never going to watch this movie. <laughs> just don't. I don't want to. I don't want right? to. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be ecstatic like, about anything. It's like, it's just like the. <laughs> The Great British Baking Show. Everybody told me, and you're going to love this. It's going to make you feel wonderful. You've told me it so many times. And it finally took being like, all right, I'm going to just do it. And I've, you know, binged the whole thing. So, obviously, it's my favorite thing There's ever. But, left. Yeah. I have nowhere to go now. I'm like, I've watched the holiday ones. I've watched the beginnings. I know. <laughs> I know. It's sad. 
Okay, I was like, there. so there was, I, I made this huge jump from there being a super nurturing heroine in this book. Brene is like very nurturing and like she stands by her man and she supports him and he supports her too. It's very, it goes both ways. But, and then I started thinking about, I went off on this whole tangent about online, about like what used to be considered nurturing, like in the 1950s or like before that. So I found this article. <laughs> a switch. Like, there's a huge, there's a huge different difference, you know? Yeah. Between then and now. So I found this article, Seven Tips for Keeping Your Man from the 1950s. And I thought, Oh my God. (laughs) I can't wait to fuck this up. Let's do it. That's what I thought would be a good idea is if you guys, well, first, I think what we're going to do is rip these apart. And then the second thing will be let's do seven tips for your man keeping you in the modern day. Does that sound good? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. First one, first thing on the list don't talk. No, that's yeah. not real. That can't be real. I'm not kidding. Is that real? It says, uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it, the first few lines are, oh, did Mavis from next door insult your prize winning squash? Did little Timmy get sent home for starting fires again? Keep it to yourself. Your man works all through his day and the last thing he needs to hear is yours. <laughs> wow. Isn't that crazy? That is such a that is so much bullshit yeah it was in let's see i think it was in sex today and wedded life the book well that's what this is why people live until they were 40 think about it flip it a little bit think about when you're trying to write and your husband is like trying to talk to you (laughs) and you're like i don't give a shit (laughs) i don't care (laughs) you have to pretend every time i leave my office my husband it's like he's waiting for the door to open and then he's immediately talking to me about something i'm like like, I know you're there. I can hear you thinking. <laughs> waiting no, for me to this, leave. It's so unnerving. I should, uh, there's two chairs in front of the desk I have right now, right? This new spot I am. My husband and my father sat in front of it the whole time talking when I wrote my scene yesterday, Leah. They sat. Oh, my God. Right there. And every now and then, even over my computer or my monitor, my dad would, like, think he's funny. Put his finger <laughs> up. I'm like... <laughs> His middle finger. Okay, number two. Bad cooking will drive your man to seedy saloons. <laughs> I wish it would. Get the fuck out of my house. I'm the person I gotta cook for. <laughs> my, and then the, the bit below it says, My God, woman, this turkey tastes like wet toilet paper stuffed inside a burnt basketball. Have what? you no pride? I don't know what that tastes like. <laughs> Have you no pride? And it was, and it goes on to say how there's no excuses for bad cooking. I this mean, can't be real. Somebody had to have made this up. This cannot be real. It's real. No, this can't be real. Number three, be a hot steak, not a cheap pork. You Bitch, know? I was born a hot steak. I'm gonna try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pork is delicious. It's the other white meat. <laughs> Uh, don't be a sexual vampire or a frigid franny. That's number four. I can't four. be a sexual vampire. My husband would disagree with that. <laughs> so you have to find. You have to find somewhere. You have to. Yeah, you had to find somewhere in the middle to make it. You know. No, he would want extreme vampire-ishness. Yes. Is, is your husband into vampires? <laughs> no, he would just be like. He just wants a sexual ravenous appetite. <laughs> I don't guess if there's all. no middle ground, yeah, don't they all? <laughs> don't they exactly. all? That's what I was doing before this podcast started. I was like, okay, let's go. Let's go. I got 15 minutes. <laughs> I'm glad I had to. Oh, oh. I laid the towel down. Let's do this. <laughs> That's, I wake my husband up. I'm like, come on. I got like 20 minutes before I got to get the kids up. Come on. You want to do this or what? I'm like, it's now or never. Asshole. Come on. I put the towel down. That's all I need to know. That's the universal sign of we're having to. See, like, you walk through the house with a towel and he's like a dog when he smells a tree. He's like, oh, she's got a towel. Like, oh, my God. So we all put towels down. Is that what we're saying? No. Um, no. Unless my I'm on... Unless I'm on the rag or something. No. My husband husband knows uh, if I come downstairs after my shower in a towel, then he knows that's the signal. And he always pretends like he didn't know it was coming. He's always like, wait, I didn't know this. uh, I didn't know this was happening. And I'm like, you knew it was happening. You've been bugging me for days. Yeah. Because if you come out and just to tell you have to, if you don't want to do it and you were busy, you got to get dressed in the bathroom. (laughs) 
you can't be <laughs> walking around like Those are the rules. <laughs> half naked because they, they're like, well, you're already this far. We might as well. Yep. So they you got to come out like fully drunk. I've almost got my sneakers on. <laughs> 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 I'm just picturing that. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> the next one says pink panties are a must, which I'm surprised by. But it says that they also must be spotlessly clean. I don't wear underwear. Whoa. Really? Ever. I can't not wear underwear. I've tried. I tried to sleep naked and I can't do it. If I'm going to wear jeans all day, I'll wear underwear. But that's the only time I wear underwear. But you wear like full underwear. Like you wear like briefs. Yeah. If I put on underwear, it is underwear. It's like legit like we're suiting up <laughs> like to go to the apocalypse underwear but like so at book signings no panties huh <laughs> uh, uh, well it depends um you because you're usually in yoga pants so that's why you don't wear underwear yeah. because your yoga pants have like the liners in them yes uh, because i usually wear dresses at, well i guess the last signing i didn't have underwear on but i had a bodysuit on yeah oh, okay so, like, that's different. But, like, I wear I wear thongs exclusively. Like, the, I think I have, like, two pairs of actual underwear. underwear. And, like, uh, other than that, it's because, like, my ass is so big. Like, it's hard to find, like, underwear that goes across it. So, I just wear thongs all the time. But now I sleep in, like, a nightgown. And that I don't wear underwear then. Okay. I gotta sleep with my slippers on. I'm like, what? Fully dressed? <laughs> no way. Uh, uh-uh. I have to. I can't sleep fully dressed. I could. I wouldn't be able to sleep. I sleep. What with, you- uh, I go to bed with socks on, and then like 15 minutes later, I tow them off. So every like two or every like week and a half, when I clean my sheets, I take off the bo- the sheet, and there's like 15 pairs of socks <laughs> in the base of the bed. So you sleep in, what do you sleep in when you, when you sleep? Like a tank top and underwear. Yeah. And socks for 15 minutes. (laughs) Okay. So what are your, what are your, what are your tip? What are your tips for a man keeping you happy? Okay. The other day I said something to Leah. I came Uh home after I was running errands and I walked upstairs. I had a pile of laundry I needed to fold. Right. I walked upstairs and it's all gone folded. I was like, I've never been more turned on in my life. I thought, and I told All the Mel, laundry was done. I said, Melissa, I said, right now you need to suck his dick to reinforce this. <laughs> yeah. That needs to happen. It's like Pavlov's dog. Yes, absolutely. I, I said, like, reinforce this behavior. <laughs> what would keep you, what's one of the, the one thing that keeps you happy, Leah? I don't know. I'm going to have to, like, there's just one, just one thing. <laughs> Seven, well, like, what are some tips to, for keeping you happy for, like, a long, sustained, sustainable period of time? Like, for marriage. Taking the motherfucking trash out when it's overflowing. Or before it's overflowing. No, that's just you. <laughs> but we also we don't want them to talk to us while we're working. Right. We just we yeah. establish that. One of the things that I just I don't know. It's hard to say. Like I can't pinpoint it. I I think like, you know, just understanding how I operate. Like my husband knows like I get worked up about stuff. I get, you know, anxiety about stuff. It changes hard for me. You know, I just I, and it's because we've been together so long, like, he knows how to handle that situation. Like, you know, when we're late, I'm just a monster. I'm just a, a complete dark cloud of stress and late. tense. And it. I'm just, like, screaming at everyone. And he's like, calm down. You need to eat. It's okay. Like, <laughs> like, like having someone know, like, that, like, to keep me happy, like, having someone with patience. And he has a lot of patience thankfully and he's like he's such a good dad like you know to to have someone that can like I don't worry when I go away for the weekend I don't worry about the kids or anything I don't worry if I if I'm not home or if I'm working late or if I have to go do something I don't ever worry about him with the kids like feeding them getting them dressed getting them to school on time like that's just he's he parents just like me so we have that like together so it's not like I never have that fear of like, oh my God, is he going to get up? Is he going to take them to school? I have to remind him to give them breakfast. You know, like I don't have that. Yeah. And that's really awesome. So to keep me happy, just like predict everything. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> just like, pre- it's like no big deal. Just like predict everything. Just predict everything. 
thing, you know? Yeah, this is like last week when I was like, you know we sound insane, right? I know. My, my husband kind of came built in with the one thing I need, which is that he's a bartender. So at five o'clock yeah. every day, he's like, what are you having? He's like, you want a refreshment? <laughs> every day. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Sometimes he'll just I, do it without me even having to, you know, to yeah. admit I, I need a drink. drink. I think one thing that I do that I appreciate it with my husband is he doesn't really need anything. Like, he doesn't ask for anything to be done, or he can be content just sitting there. I'd be like, I want to go to do this, and he'll be like, okay. And he'll go and sit there. He don't give a shit. He'll sit anywhere you want to go, do whatever you want. He won't complain. He'll just sit there. I'll be like, all right, fine. (laughs) So he's like, I'll, I'll like, look at him, and I'll be like, are you bored? He's like, I don't care. I'm fine. Just sitting here. I think I love that. And the same thing, I like that about my husband, that he's super adventurous. He is, like, we are never home when we're, like, on the weekends. We're always going. We're always doing something. He's just, he's got a travel, he was born with a travel bug in his butt, and he can't get it out. Like, he always wants to go somewhere or do something. We have activities all the time. And if it weren't for him, like, I wouldn't have seen half this country. Like, he's taken me all over the world because this is just how he is. And, like, and, you know, I've seen so many beautiful things because of that. And so I, I think I would need someone to make me happy. I would need someone with that same spirit. Because otherwise, I would just sit in my house and become Miss Haversham. Like, you know, just waiting on someone to come love me. Because I'd that's never happened, leave. That's what would happen to my husband without me. Because, like... Really? He, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have to, like... When I asked to go on a vacation, he's like, we were just on a vacation, like, two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. I fully recovered from that. Time to plan something else. I'm trying to convince him to go to Hawaii this summer, but oh god, that was not be going so well. Nice. <laughs> it's not going. It's well. not going well. All right, guys. I think that's it. The only thing, other, the only other thing I have written down is, have you eaten anything good this week? <laughs> <laughs> oh well, so you know, I moved, and for the first time last night, I actually cooked in my new house like the first meal. I made spaghetti. <laughs> like I was so sick of like eating fast food and delivered pizza and stuff like the past you know week that we've been moving and everything and so so you lived my life yes exactly (laughs) I lived like Melissa for a week (laughs) and it was hell and then so I made dinner last night and so it was so nice like to sit at the table with the family and have dinner and just be together like it was just it was magical Uh, congratulations on your new house thank you I had a I had gringo dip. Uh, nobody probably knows what that is. Fuck it's like, yeah. It's this restaurant here in town called 54th Street. It's, um, they just make this dip. It's called their crack. It literally says that on the menu. And I just ate like the whole thing. Like, I think I took a picture of my friend. I was like taking my finger around the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like, I was like I'm, this is all I'm having is this chips and salsa. This is my whole meal or this cheese. But it's cheese. <laughs> it's like, because you sent me a picture. It's like cheese and salsa. And does it have meat in it too? Mm-mm. Okay. So it's just like queso and salsa and stuff, but it's like it's fresh, like I've pico. Yeah. So I'm like, I've never tasted anything like it before. Yeah. It looks really good. I want a picture. I need to have it. that when I, I know. I need to come out there when I see it. Have you eaten anything good this week, Tessa? I like I like cheese. Anybody who knows me knows I'm I'm like I'm me too. I've never met a cheese I don't like. I eat cheese. Never. I eat at least two kinds of cheeses every day. Probably I would say. Okay, <laughs> hold on. I gotta tell you something real quick. We used to own this wine bar. It's where I used to record. We sold it last week. But anyway, my husband does these cheese boards and he gets in these blocks of cheese like bigger than your head. And these cheeses are like these blocks. I didn't realize they're like two hundred bucks two three hundred bucks like a cheese wheel yeah and they like come from like all over the world and caves and stuff and i went back there one day and i was hungry and i just like took a knife and cut off a big piece and i'm like walking around eating it and he's like did you get that off the cheese wheel and i'm like yeah he's like you realize you're walking around eating like a 30 (laughs) dollar piece of cheese (laughs) i was like and then i was like i didn't put it away either it's still sitting on the couch (laughs) That's one of the things, like, the where I'm from in Clemson, South Carolina, they just won a national championship, if you don't know. They're really famous for their blue cheese there. Like, their university has, there is a big agricultural school, and they had cows that they did there, and the university came up with this really unique type of blue cheese that you could only get there. 
and they they grow the blue cheese in this really cool like cave that's there in that town just outside so that was like really famous that they're like it's it's a weird fact about cheese is that this place is kind of famous for their blue cheese so yeah weirdly enough i think i actually yeah they yeah. keep it deep down in yeah. the cave and it takes so many years before you yeah. can get it out we had talked about it before one day when marble was talking about cheese and i was like oh yeah have you ever had the clemson one go ahead tessa sorry uh no it's not that exciting i you know when i'm having like a rough day i order meatballs Ooh, to my house that sounds good and so i just yeah i just get a bunch of meatballs and then i get this salad that has like basic it's basically just cheese as well yeah it's just like a cheese salad <laughs> it's like gorgonzola and that's my mm-hmm. favorite and then i just eat cheese and cheese and meatballs it's my it's my jam that's what i had last night for dinner that sounds delicious yeah, I know. It I'm is so really hungry it's like right my, now. It's kind of like my comfort food. I'm so hungry. Okay, so let's let them listen to the finale of Securing Brene by Susan Stoker. And on the other side, we'll, we'll chit-chat a lot About more. cheese. Okay, guys? Okay. About <laughs> We're going to have a cheese break. We'll be right back. Bye. Chapter 5 Dag held back his fury by the skin of his teeth. He'd never been in a situation like this never had to stand by helplessly as his wife was in imminent danger. He now knew exactly how Rocco had felt when his woman had been in the hands of a madman the other week. He wanted to tell Brene not to worry, that he'd get her out of this. But he couldn't, not with the obviously out-of-her-mind woman holding that knife to Brene's throat. Then he saw his brave-as-fuck wife look to her right. Then she did it again. He wanted to shake his head, to tell her not to do it. But honestly, he saw no other way out of this situation. He had to get inside the mailroom, and in the time it would take him, the drugged-out woman could shove the knife deeply into Brene's throat. She needed to do what Kate had done the week before, take herself out of the equation and let him do what he did best. Tensing his muscles, he heard Rocco whisper from behind him, Steady, sir. He moved just as he saw Brene's muscles bunch in preparation. The door flew open from his weight as his wife threw herself to the side. Before she'd even hit the floor, the knife that had been at her throat was thrown across the room, and the woman who dared take his wife hostage was face down on the floor with his knee in her back. The woman fought like she was possessed, It took all of Dag's and Rocco's combined strength to subdue her, and even then she refused to give up. It wasn't until five more members of the San Diego SWAT team entered the small room and hogtied her that she finally sagged in surrender. One second she was fighting like a wildcat, and the next she was practically comatose. Not sparing a second thought for the deranged and drugged-out woman, Dag turned to where Brene had thrown herself. She was crouched against the wall, her arms around Kate, comforting her. His woman had just had a knife to her throat, and she was comforting Kate. Feeling as if he were a hundred years old, Dag shuffled over to where she was sitting. Rocco got there at the same time and pulled Kate to her feet and into his arms. Dag didn't think he could even stand his eyes locked on the blood staining Brene's collar. The mark on her neck was still bleeding, and for a second he couldn't even think. The red on her skin was obscene in a way he couldn't even describe. He'd seen a lot of blood and death in his lifetime, but never in this context, never on his Brene. Good Lord, Kate. I moved you into my apartment because I thought you'd be safer. Dag heard Rocco saying as he carried her out of the room. As if she knew exactly how off-kilter Dag was at the moment, Brene opened her arms. One second he was staring at the blood on her neck, and the next he was burying his nose in her hair. She smelled like she always did, like flowers. She hardly ever used the same scented lotion two days in a row, but she always smelled fresh and clean. Today was no exception. I'm okay, she said softly into his ear as her arms closed around him. Dag's breath hitched in his throat and he squeezed his eyes closed. He'd almost lost her. 
That had been too close, way too close. He couldn't speak, simply tightened his hold on her. I'm okay, she repeated, then said it again and again. Nothing else mattered in that moment. Not the police officers carrying the drugged out woman out of the room. Not the captain entering the room and ordering the remaining officers to be careful of the knife. Renee moved and took his face in her hands. He opened his eyes to look into her beautiful blue gaze. You got here in time, she told him softly. His eyes dropped to her neck once more. And just like that, the odd lethargy that had taken hold of him disappeared like a puff of smoke. He turned his head to look at the police captain. My wife needs medical attention. Dag, no, I'm okay. Now, Dag ordered the captain, ignoring his wife. He knew he was being a dick, but he'd be damned if Brene waited a second longer than she already had to have someone look at her injury. Deciding Rocco had the right idea and the paramedics were taking too long, Dag got to his feet, leaned over, and picked Brene up. He might be half a century old, but he hoped he never got too old to carry his wife around. She looped her arms around his neck and relaxed into him. Thankful she wasn't fighting him, Dag walked out of the mail room, through the lobby, past the young man's dead body on the floor and out into the bright sunlight. It was weird. It felt like hours had gone by since the time he'd learned about the situation at the apartment complex, but in reality, less than an hour had passed. He walked up to one of the ambulances parked in the lot and simply climbed inside with the woman who meant more to him than anything in the world. As he placed her down on the gurney, Renee looked up at him and smiled. My hero. 30 minutes later, after telling the police captain that he was absolutely not going to come to the station to give his statement until the next day because he needed to see to his wife, and after the paramedics cleaned up Renee's neck and put a small bandage over the superficial cut, Dag opened their apartment door and followed his wife inside. His plan was to get her into her pajamas, put her on the couch under one of her favorite fluffy blankets, and make her a huge bowl of chicken noodle soup. But it seemed Brene had different ideas. The second the door closed behind them, she pushed him backward until his back hit the door and went to her knees. Her fingers frantically worked at the belt around his waist. Dag covered her fingers with his own. Hun. He started, but she violently shook her head. No, I need this. I need you. She got the belt undone, and within seconds, his zipper was down and his cock was in her hand. Renee licked her lips and pumped his shaft with her hand a few times before engulfing him in her mouth. It had been a long time since Dag had seen his wife this desperate, but the longer he watched her pleasure him, the more her desperation transferred itself to him. He could have lost her today. She could have had her throat slit right in front of him. She could have fucking died. Growling, Dag reached down and grabbed Brene under the arms and hauled her off his dick. He picked her up around the waist and shuffled toward their bedroom. His pants were around his ankles, but he didn't give a shit. Brene attacked his mouth as if she were a dying woman and his lips held the cure to her survival. Their teeth clashed together as their heads tilted back and forth, trying to get deeper inside one another, feeling a primal need to fuck, to prove to himself and her that they were both alive and well. Dag dropped his arms when he felt the backs of her knees hit the edge of their bed. Take your pants off, he ordered even as he reached for the drawer of their nightstand. He pulled out the small bottle of lube they kept there and waited impatiently for Brene to get naked. The second she was, he turned her until she was bent over the mattress. She whimpered, but he knew it was an impatient sound, not one of distress. He didn't have time to get her wet and ready for him the way he usually did. He'd worship her slowly in a while. For now, he needed to be inside her more than he'd needed anything in his life. 
He squirted a generous amount of lube onto his cock and grunted in pleasure when he wrapped his hand around himself to spread it around. Hurry, Dag, Renee begged from her bent position. Looking down, he saw her fingers frantically playing with her clit. Smiling, he covered his fingers with more lube and pushed her hand out of the way. Without hesitation, he thrust his slippery fingers inside her body, and she moaned, arching her back, giving him better access to where he most wanted to be. A minute later, when he was satisfied he'd lubricated her enough so she could take him without pain, Dag lined his weeping cock up with her slit and entered her with one hard thrust. He held himself still inside her, enjoying the connection and the feeling of her twitching around his dick. He almost lost this, would have never felt her warm, wet body surround his again, never heard her laughter, never seen her smile. The thoughts were almost enough to make him lose his erection altogether. Dag, stop thinking so damn hard and fuck me already, Brene complained impatiently. He smiled. Leave it to his wife to pull him out of his own head. You can't ever leave me, he said as he pulled out and slammed back inside her. Ever, never, hear me? He punctuated each word with a flex of his hips, fucking her even as he scolded her for something he knew she had no control over. I won't, she agreed. Her fingers flexed against the comforter under her, and she stood on her tiptoes, trying to get closer to him as he fucked her. I love you so much, Brene. You're my life, my reason for living. I can't handle a world without you in it. His words were gentle and tender, but his lovemaking was anything but. He held her hips still and slammed into her over and over again, showing her how much he loved fucking her making love to her. I love you too, she gasped. Yes, God, Dag, yes, more, harder. He loved when she got so turned on she couldn't even speak in full sentences. Deciding they'd done enough talking, Dag concentrated on making sure he pleasured his wife. Bending over her, his hips continuing their frenzied movement, he shoved a hand under her body. His fingers found his target and flicked against her clit, hard and fast, showing her no mercy. Renee jerked in his grip, and her head flew backward as she arched and pushed back against him. Loving how passionate his wife was, Dag continued his assault on her senses. Within a minute, he knew she was close to coming, which was a good thing, because his balls had drawn up in preparation for their own release. Loving the continuous moans that left her mouth and the way she shuddered under him, Dag grunted in satisfaction when he felt the telltale ripples of her inner muscles against his cock. That's it. Come for me. With a loud moan, she did. Dag had the momentary thought that he wanted to pull out and see his cum shoot all over her ass, but knew it was too late for that. The cum burst from the tip of his cock as if he were a boy experiencing his first lay. His dick throbbed in time with his heartbeat as he pumped his essence into Brene. He came so long and hard, he felt his release seeping out of her pussy. But when it came to sex, nothing phased either of them anymore. When he felt as if he could move without his knees giving out, Dag slowly pulled out of her. They both groaned in disappointment. Then Brene braced herself up on her hands and turned around to look at him. She smiled and licked her lips. Dag's dick twitched, but it would be a while before he got hard enough to fuck her again. Climb up, he ordered, gesturing to the bed with his head. Brene immediately moved, tearing her shirt up and off her body as she did. Her bra followed. Dag stripped off his clothes, thanking God he hadn't tripped over his pants in his haste to get them both to their bedroom. He got on the bed with Brene and took her into his arms. They lay there for a long moment, enjoying the cuddle time after the intense lovemaking they'd just experienced. 
It had been months since they'd gone after each other like that. Shit, he hadn't even taken off his clothes. Dag's arms tightened. I love you. And I love you, she purred. I wanted to coddle you, Dag said. I don't need coddling, she told him. Haven't you figured that out yet? He chuckled, then sobered. He kissed her temple. I'm gonna call those builders and light a fire under their asses. I need you in our house, with our alarm system, safe. I'm always safe when I'm with you, she said. Dag pressed his lips together tightly to try to keep his composure. Renee always knew the exact right thing to say. How's your neck? It's fine. No pain? No. As much as I like you taking control and attacking me in the foyer of our place, I'm still feeling the need to coddle you, he informed her. Yeah? Yup. She smirked up at him. Well, then coddle away, sailor. And he did. Wasn't that sweet? That was amazing. I love it. <laughs> this was such a great book. I'm so glad that I finally like read Susan Stoker and I am like all over her audible right now. So it's happening. Yeah. She's 35 different audiobooks, Which is uh, insane. Like so go that's that. just like I'm going to binge the shit out of her this weekend. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah, there's like we've been telling you all week about Susan Stoker's books and just they're they're going to be in the show notes as well. You know, she has all these different series. Each series, the first book is free. And so we'll just make sure you guys are all hooked up. So you want to talk about what's happening next? Yes, on the podcast? Absolutely. Okay. So Jenica Snow is going to be here. And we have a yeah, we have a book called Because of You that Mel's already read Secret Baby. I know. Is it a secret baby? Mel? Yep. Yeah, you get a secret baby. You get what? virgin. They were high school you get sweethearts. Stepbrother. Well, they're they're stepbrother okay, and stepsister. Okay. I'm so, so excited for that. All... I love those. Yep, it's got really all excited. the deliciousness to it. So it's kind of taboo the stepbrother stepsister, and you know they're getting harder to find. I think Amazon might be cracking down on them. So or did you want to ask them to send in their stuff, Tessa, this week? The tab, their their fantasy stuff. Oh. Well, actually, I was going to do that in headquarters so that we would have it for next okay. week. Okay, all right, that's cool. So maybe I'll just do that. All right. Um, okay, if you, closer if you guys aren't live today. What is closer? Oh yeah, our book. Our, oh our my first, gosh, uh, our first audio book. It's finally available in ebook now. So yeah, and it's got epilogue. Yep, it'll in. have additional content. So if you've listened to the very first book on the podcast, that was us. It's out there now. With brand new stuff, to, so you can see where they're at now. But yeah, you were going to awesome. say about in headquarters, if uh, if you guys go into head, you know, the Read Me Romance headquarters in our Facebook group, um, we're going to post up questions and stuff that we're going to ask you to email us. So email us answers, and we may read the answers on um, on when we record. So just to let you know ahead of time. Um, make sure you're in there and you see the questions and stuff. If you see one you want to answer, you've got a funny story to add or just something like whatever you want to send us, um, send it to readmeromance at gmail.com and we'll just bring it on the air and, you know, share it with the world. Yeah, we want to hear from you guys. Absolutely. So, okay. So don't forget to follow us everywhere and rate, review, subscribe this podcast. We love you guys for it. And thank you, Susan Stoker, for being here this Absolutely. week. Absolutely. We like you. We can't wait to lot. see you again next time at whatever signing we're at, where you're going to fly by yeah. us. <laughs> drop a drop into a conversation halfway, halfway <laughs> yep, through. Yep, exactly. All right, guys. Leah, tell them what Fuck to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. That's it. Bye. Bye. Read me romance, read, read me romance, read me romance, read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine, or you could sit back, relax, and unwind and read.